seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others while she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven infants and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail, I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. The case against Lucy Letby is that she murdered or tried to kill 17 babies while she was working as a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the northwest of England. She denies the charges. The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten survived. Each one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. We'll be bringing you that detail as the jury is hearing it from the prosecution and defence. We're getting behind the headlines to explain far more than the news reports you'll be reading, watching and listening to. 
and the importance of a fair trial is paramount, so we won't be getting into anything in this podcast that the jury have not been told, because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case. The jury is hearing about each baby in turn. They've been told 11 babies were allegedly killed or harmed by Lucy Letby between June 2015 and April 2016. Today in this episode we're focusing on the twelfth baby in this case, the second of twin boys who the prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to murder by injecting air into his bloodstream. Welcome to episode 18, Baby M. So Liz, in the last episode we outlined what the prosecution say happened to Baby L. Now, he was a premature twin boy who was allegedly poisoned with insulin by Lucy Letby. In this episode, we're going to focus on his twin brother, Baby M, who Lucy Letby is also accused of trying to murder during the same shift on the 9th of April 2016 by injecting air into his bloodstream. We're also going to hear that a doctor had started to be suspicious of Lucy Letby ten months earlier and we'll explain what happened at a meeting that took place at the hospital between staff who were worried that so many children were unexpectedly collapsing and dying on the neonatal unit. So a lot to pack into this episode, Liz, but let's start by outlining what the court heard about baby M. Now, he was a minute younger than his brother, born seven weeks early by planned caesarean section at the Countess of Chester Hospital in April 2016. That's right, Caroline. Last week we heard evidence from the boy's mother about how she had a normal pregnancy for around seven months before she started to feel poorly and was admitted to hospital when a scan showed baby L was not growing properly. We heard how both boys were small but in a good condition when they were delivered. Lucy Letby and another neonatal nurse called Laura Eagles were both present at their birth. Baby M was actually slightly heavier than his brother, weighing £3.12. ounces. Jurors were told he needed a few rescue breaths of oxygen, but like his brother, was considered well when he was admitted to the neonatal unit around half past ten. Now Lucy Letby booked the twins into the neonatal unit and the jury were told little of note happened with baby M during this shift. Lucy Letby finished work and was back at the hospital just before 7.30am the next morning because she'd volunteered to do an extra shift. Now, this was a Saturday and the day of the Aintree Grand National. That's right, and this was her fourth day shift in a row, because the unit was busy. There was 15 babies being looked after across the four nurseries, and at this time the unit also had some staffing issues. And Liz again, Lucy Letby wasn't the twins' designated nurse. No, that was Nurse Mary Griffith. She was looking after both the twins in the intensive care nursery. Lucy Letby had two other babies, not involved in the case, in the same room. So during the morning and early afternoon of that day, the jury has heard, while baby L's blood sugar was proving to be an issue for Nurse Griffith and the doctors, his brother, baby M, was stable. Yes, nursing notes seen by the jury showed baby M vomited slightly at around 11am, and at about 3pm, Nurse Griffith drew out a little undigested milk from his tummy, which appeared to be bile-stained. His tummy also appeared to be a bit swollen, so the decision was taken to stop his milk feeds as a precaution and to put him on a drip of glucose or sugar medicine instead. But not long afterwards, baby M's condition took a serious turn for the worse when he collapsed and almost died. So Liz, walk us through what happened. 
Around 3.45pm, Lucy Letby co-signed with Nurse Griffith for a dose of intravenous antibiotics for baby M. Now, Caroline, while both nurses signed for the drugs, the notes are unclear about exactly who administered them. And digital records the court heard about suggest that Nurse Griffith was using the computer at the nurse's station around this time. And it's the prosecution case that while she was giving baby M this medicine, Lucy Letby also injected air into the drip of glucose in an attempt to kill him. 15 minutes later, at exactly 4pm that day, baby M suddenly collapsed and stopped breathing and his monitor alarm went off. Lucy Letby was helping Nurse Griffith organise a new glucose strip for baby M's brother, baby L, when they heard it. Nurse Griffith, who was scrubbed up with gloves and a gown on, said Lucy Letby rushed over to see what was wrong. She quickly realised his heart rate had dropped and he wasn't breathing, so called for help. Now, within two minutes of baby M collapsing, Lucy Letby and Nurse Griffith began CPR. Dr Tony Uko, the registrar on duty, was already on the unit and went to help. And at four minutes past four, a crash call was put out for Dr Rabbi Jayram, the consultant on duty, to come urgently to the neonatal unit. A minute later, at five past four, baby M was given the first shot of adrenaline to try and restart his heart. But jurors were told there was little response, and five minutes later, he was given another shot of adrenaline. A third shot was administered at 4.12pm. Dr Uko also put a tube into his throat so he could be put on a ventilator to help him with his breathing. Three minutes later, at quarter past four, Dr J Ram arrived. At this point, he said, baby M was still in cardiorespiratory arrest, which meant his heart wasn't beating and he wasn't breathing. Four minutes later, at 4.19pm, the fourth dose of adrenaline was given. Still, baby M failed to respond. Fifth and sixth doses of adrenaline were given at 25 minutes past four and 4.30pm. So by this stage, Liz, the resuscitation attempts have been ongoing for almost half an hour. And Dr Jayram told jurors that they were about to give up when at 4.31pm, baby M suddenly and unexpectedly began to improve. His heart rate finally began to climb and he began gasping for breath. Dr Jayram's evidence to the court has been voiced by an actor. We'd reached a point where we thought we'd have to be withdrawing treatment. Thankfully, he suddenly recovered and his heart rate came up and he started breathing. We could stop CPR and his circulation became adequate again, which I was glad about, but I wasn't sure what we had done to suddenly make him better. I was pleased he'd recovered, but I couldn't really explain what had caused it and why he suddenly got better. Now, while all this was happening to baby M, his parents were present because a nurse had gone to get them from the maternity ward. In a statement, his mother told the court what happened. Her words have been voiced by an actor. About ten minutes after we left the boys, a nurse called Yvonne came running up. She said that we had to go back down. I asked why and she said she would explain when we got there. The doctor was pressing baby M's chest. I was praying to my God to see my boy and help him. I was asking my God to save him. My husband was not saying anything, but he was crying and crying. Baby L was okay on the other side of the room. Lucy was there with Laura and a doctor. My mind was totally blank other than praying to my God. Then, it seemed after hours, they said I should go back to my room as baby M had stabilised. They couldn't give us any explanation as to why it had happened. Her husband also told jurors what he witnessed. 
the senior nurse came charging in, saying we need to come down now. We all rushed downstairs. I was down first as my wife was pushed in a wheelchair. I saw one of the doctors doing chest compressions on baby M. It was very distressing to see and I will never forget that image. I still have it in my mind. My wife arrived shortly afterwards. One of the nurses said baby M had been absolutely fine. She didn't know what had happened to him. They were working on baby M for half an hour and later told us that his heart had stopped. He then stabilised, came around and his colour started coming back. In court, Dr J Rum publicly praised his colleagues, saying babies who need half an hour of resuscitation often don't survive. The team that resuscitated him did a very, very good job. The very fact his circulation was restored was a credit to what they did. It is unusual in resuscitations that go on for as long as this to get a return of circulation. Dr J Ram also told jurors that during the resuscitation he spotted an unusual rash on baby M's chest and tummy. Now, we've heard about this rash before, haven't we, Liz? Yes, Dr J Ram recalled that while they were carrying out the CPR, baby M had a rash. Bright pink patches on his torso that flitted around and eventually vanished when he recovered. He said the discoloration was unusual and very similar to the rash he'd seen on another baby, baby A. He was a twin boy Lucy Letby is accused of murdering in June 2015. We covered his case back in episode 3. But Dr J Ram explained to the court that he didn't realise the significance of the rash at the time. He said it wasn't until two months later, at the end of June 2016, when consultants at the hospital decided to call a meeting to discuss what was going on at the unit, that the suggestion of air embolus or an air bubble entering the blood and blocking its movement to the heart was first mentioned. And this prompted Dr J Ram to begin researching the subject. He told the court that he felt a physical chill down his spine when he found a research paper on air embolus because it described a rash in patients who had air in their blood that fitted with what they were seeing on his unit in Chester. I remember sitting on my sofa at home with the iPad and I remember reading that description and the physical chill that went down my spine because it fitted with what we were seeing. But at the time of Baby M's collapse, Dr J Ram had not noted it in the records. And in court, he was asked about this by Ben Myers Casey, Lucy Letby's barrister. Yes, he admitted to Mr Myers that he'd not made a note about the rash in Baby M's medical records immediately after his collapse. And Mr Myers suggested that he hadn't made a note because the rash had not been there. But Dr J Ram disagreed. The following tense and at times chippy exchange between them in court begins with Dr Jaram. There were far more important things. The important thing was dealing with his cardiac arrest. I am going to suggest it would be incompetent to leave that out of the clinical note if you saw it. I disagree. In many ways I wish I had written it down. At that time I had no knowledge or suspicion that the discoloration could have been related to something else that could have caused cardiorespiratory arrest which is probably why I didn't specifically put it in the notes. At the time, it was not the priority. I wish I had, and we would not be sitting here years later having this rather academic discussion. It's not academic. She is on trial here for multiple murders and attempted murders. you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that. 
trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Now, as we said, it was June 2016 when the consultants met to discuss what was happening on the unit. But the court heard that Lucy Letby had, in fact, been flagged up and was a focus of interest much earlier. Up to 12 months earlier, in fact, Liz, in June 2015. That's right, Caroline. Dr Jram confirmed that his colleague, Dr Stephen Breary, who was in charge of the neonatal unit, had carried out an informal review into the death of another baby involved in the trial, Baby D, following her death in June 2015. She was a full-term baby girl who was admitted to the neonatal unit with an infection. We outlined her case in episode 6. Doctors and nurses who gave evidence about Baby D also described an unusual red or brown rash on her tummy and legs, which the prosecution say was caused when Lucy Letby injected air into her bloodstream and murdered her. Dr Jram said it was not a formal review, but he and Dr Breary had discussed the findings. In court, Mr Myers questioned Dr Jram about this. Their exchange begins with Mr Myers. He identified Lucy Letby as a person of interest. I think he noticed that Lucy Letby was the nurse looking after these babies, and that was it. He raised with you the fact that Lucy Letby was present on these occasions? Yes. With that in mind, she became the focus of interest as events unfolded. She had been flagged up as somehow linked in some way. There was an association with her being present, nothing more. You and Stephen Breary were already talking about Lucy Letby in June 2015, weren't you? In terms of association, but as clinicians we have to think about all possibilities. We don't generally consider unnatural causes or deliberate things. Nothing like that was being contemplated at that stage. It was simply an association. Miss Letby had been a person identified as a potential link by June 2015. Yes, and other colleagues had noticed the association as well. All eyes on Miss Letby then. Well, clearly, yes, because there is an association. So back to the night of Baby M's collapse, Liz. How did he do in the hours afterwards? The jury was told that within minutes, Baby M's colour returned. He made a steady recovery, and less than 11 hours after his near death, was well enough to be taken off the ventilator. By this time, Lucy Letby had finished her shift and gone home, and the following day, her colleague, Jennifer Jones-Key, texted her to ask how she was settling into her new home. Now, you might remember we touched on this last week because Lucy Letby had just moved into her new house, two miles from the hospital. Their messages, which we'll share on our Twitter feed at Lucy Letby Trial, have been voiced by actors. Hi, how are you? 
You enjoying your new home, kiss? Hey, I'm okay, thanks. Bit knackered after four hard days at work, though. House is good, unpacking. How's you, kiss? Yeah, heard you had done an extra. Not surprised you're knackered. Aw, that's good. Okay, Tar, feeling a lot happier, kiss. Not nice shifts. Oh, that's good to hear, kiss. Nights, fry, sat, sun, my last for ages. Yvonne asked if I could do tonight, tomorrow day or tomorrow night, but need a day off, lol, kiss. Yeah, notice you haven't got many nights. Won't see you as I'm mainly nights. Yeah, you need a break, it's too much. Did come to say bye Thursday morning, but you were slightly busy, kiss. Now, Liz, we need to go back to baby M's collapse because during his resuscitation, a note or a log was kept of the medication he was being given. Now, this is common practice so the doctors and nurses can keep track of what drugs have been administered. But in this case, it was written hastily on a paper towel. Yes, jurors were shown a picture of this log. The prosecution say it's significant because it was actually found at Lucy Letby's house. The court heard that police found the log along with a blood test report for Baby M, in a plastic supermarket carrier bag under Lucy Letby's bed when they searched her home, close to the hospital. She told detectives she must have forgotten to empty her pockets before leaving work and inadvertently taken the paper towel home. She said it may have been put to one side and forgotten about, but she denied keeping it as a reminder of an attack on Baby M. The court also heard Lucy Letby had made a note of his collapse in her diary. She'd written extra and long day shift, plus twin two resus, under April the 9th. She told police she remembered baby M's collapse and must have written it down because it had been a significant event. She denied doing anything to harm him. Now the court has also heard from the prosecution experts again. Both Dr Dowie Evans and Dr Sandy Bowen agreed baby M's sudden collapse was due to an air embolus. But in this case, Dr Evans said the air hadn't been injected directly into baby M's bloodstream, as we've previously heard. Instead, he said, it had been put into the port on his drip, which was used to administer drugs. The jury was shown a picture of this, which we'll share on our Twitter feed. As a result, the air trickled or was pushed into his system slowly at the same rate as the fluid in the drip, Dr Evans said. This jurors heard explained why Baby M did not instantly collapse and why Lucy Letby, who, remember, was helping Nurse Griffith draw up new medication for his brother, was not at his cot side when he stopped breathing at 4pm. Mr Meyer suggested that if enough air was injected into a baby to cause cardiac arrest, it would invariably kill them. And he said Dr Evans had no empirical evidence or experience to show that such air could disappear and vanish within 30 minutes as apparently had happened with Baby M. Dr Evans agreed there was no research, but said this was because it would be wholly unethical to carry out such experiments on babies. However, he insisted that while some children would die, in others the air could be pumped or dissipated into different blood vessels during robust CPR, like that carried out on Baby M. This could also explain the pink rash or discoloration seen on Baby M's body by Dr J-Ram, during the resuscitation, he said. And Mr Myers suggested that the decision to take baby M off milk feeds shortly before he collapsed suggested 
there was a potential problem and something not normal was going on. Dr Evans admitted it appeared Baby M was having problems absorbing milk, but said this was because he was premature and his digestive system had not got going properly. He said doctors had done the right thing and stopped his feeds as a precaution, but he insisted this would not have caused such a serious collapse or cardiac arrest. Mr Myers also said to Dr Bowen that baby M could have had an underlying condition that doctors didn't know about that caused his collapse. But she disagreed and insisted there was nothing in his medical history or presentation to suggest this. Finally, Liz, the jury heard a little bit about the twins and how they're doing now. That's right, Caroline. Both made a full recovery and were eventually discharged at the beginning of May, around a month after birth. But a brain scan carried out on baby M around three weeks later was concerning. Sadly, that's right. Baby M had suffered permanent brain damage. He is now almost seven years old and his parents are happy with his development. But over time, he may not hit the same milestones or be able to keep up with children his own age. Lucy Letby denies harming baby M. So that's it for episode 18. Now, we just wanted to thank everyone again for listening and to give a special shout-out, especially to everyone listening to us in Australia. Yeah, we know at least 70,000 of you on the other side of the world are listening to our podcast, which is amazing. So thanks again to everyone in Oz that's tuning in. Next week, we'll be jumping back in time a little bit to hear about baby Kay. She was a very premature baby girl who Lucy Letby is accused of trying to murder seven years ago in February 2016. The prosecution say Dr Jayram interrupted Lucy Letby tampering with baby Kay's breathing tube when she was trying to murder her. She was transferred to another hospital, but sadly she died three days later. Lucy Letby denies harming her. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence, and you can read my daily reports in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial, or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.